Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism and on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and little sister... Sarah Matthews. Biology A-level topic by topic to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. Episode 56. Do you know what that means? It's one, one year. One year. We have been doing this pod for a whole year. A whole year. Well done, Sarah. I can't believe it's been a whole year. I can't. can't. Doesn't feel like a whole year. No. But then when you look back, it we've done a lot, and yeah. What's even better is that we are literally finishing the AS content at the one year mark today. We've done a year, which obviously means we will do the second year as well. Yes. And all the videos that we keep saying we will do, we will eventually do. And we're going to have pretty good resource for people, hopefully. Yeah. It's slowly building up and, and I'm proud of it. Are you proud of it? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Really proud. Yeah. Right, so last subject content for the AS Biology is oh. transporting plants, but this time phloem. Phloem. Okay. So we're going to discuss phloem as the tissue that transports organic substances in plants the mass flow hypothesis for the mechanism of translocation in plants and the use of tracer and ringing experiments to investigate transport in plants. So, have you heard of phloem before? It reminds me of something. I think it's a spell from Harry Potter. (laughs) Phloem? I think it's that spell that Hermione does to open the door. Alohomora? I think it reminds me of something to do with Harry Potter. Is that the right spell? That's the right spot to open the door, yeah. Oh, I'm proud of myself for that. <laughs> I got that right. Right, okay, so phloem is just another vessel in the stem that is used, instead of transport water, like xylem, to transport sugars and amino acids around the plant, other things that plants need besides water. Mm-hmm. And they're next to the xylem, so it's right next to the xylem, and they form a vascular bundle. So you get the xylem and the phloem together as a bundle. But, however, very different to the xylem in their structure and their function. Obviously, we said they've got, definitely got a different function, but the structure is very different as well. Have you got the resource? Okay. the resource. Yeah, so you can see the xylem's next to it. And the xylem, as we said before, was just like dead cells and it's just a hollow tube. The phloem's quite different. You've got living cells that are still tube-like because they don't have the nucleuses, the organelles. They've got a little bit of cytoplasm just around the edges, but they're kind of empty, but they're still alive. And you can see, instead of the cell walls completely disintegrating to form a tube at the ends, they're actually formed what we call sieve plates, which is they've got little holes in for things to get through. Does that make sense? So you know what a sieve is? Yeah. yeah? Obviously. It's a cell wall, but it's got like holes in. So the tube itself, we call it the sieve tube elements. And next to each sieve tube element is a companion cell. 
And the companion cell contains the organelles, the nucleuses, the mitochondria and everything to carry out the cell functions for the sieve tube elements. Quite a complicated little setup just to be able to transport sugars and amino acids mm-hmm. and stuff, but it's, it is what it is. Even though it's not clear on that diagram, every single sieve tube element, so every single individual cell of the phloem has its own companion cell. It just looks as if the one in the middle doesn't, but it yeah. does. So, long, thin tube of living cells, sieve tube elements, companion cell on the side, divided by a sieve plate. There isn't really much more to it, but we can talk about the actual movement of the sugars now, what is called translocation. Hopefully, this makes sense. I'll talk you through it. We'll see how we get on, okay? This process, translocation, the movement of sugars and amino acids from, like, the leaf down to the roots and so on, It needs energy, so you have to have energy from active transport, energy for active transport from ATP, Mm -hmm. okay? And I'm going to refer to a source and the sink. So the source is where the sugars are made, so like the leaves. Yeah. And the sink is where the sugars are used. It might be the roots. It might also be the leaf, different leaves, other leaves. Mm -hmm. It might be root organs like potatoes things like that might be parts of the stem so the sink which in this diagram is root cells could be somewhere in the plant where those sugars are needed or those amino acids are needed that are dissolved in water Mm -hmm. so source to sink always source to sink and you're always going to have a higher concentration of what is being moved at the source than at the sink it's always going to be lower at the sink now the reason for that is because it's being made at the source and then used at the sink. So it's always going to be taken there and then immediately used in respiration or immediately converted to starch in a potato, something like that, Mm -hmm. and stored in a leaf or something like that. Okay, so it's always, always, always going to be lower. The actual method of how it moves from one place to another isn't fully understood. So this is one thing that scientists are still not 100% sure if it is right or not. They generally think it might be this, but there are aspects that are still a bit confusing for them. So it's actually just a hypothesis or a theory, and they call it the mass flow hypothesis or the mass flow theory. It's the best supported theory, but there are still some aspects that don't quite fit the theory. So there might be differences. It might be slightly different. So the sugars... Glucose is made in the chloroplast in the leaf. We know that. Okay. Lumosolem, that was it. <laughs> what? That was a spell, it was in my What's the spell? What is Lumosolem. Lumos. Lumosolem. Is that to do with light? Yeah, it's lumos. when they. So lumos puts a light in the air you want. Lumosolem puts a light in the air. And that reminds you of Flo M. Yeah, that was what it was. Flo M. That's what it was sitting here. I was like, what is it? This whole time. <laughs> Have you been listening to me? Mm hmm. so glucose is the product of photosynthesis in chloroplasts in a leaf and then that is converted into sucrose to be transported so i'm going to talk you through the steps and then we can kind of break it down a little bit you can sort of ask any questions or whatever about it the sucrose is made in the source the leaf cell in this diagram it is transferred by facilitated diffusion into the companion cell. So you see the red arrows 
going yeah. into the companion cell. Do you remember what facilitated diffusion was? No, diffusion. So it's just diffusion. diffusion from high to low, but through yeah. a carrier protein. So it doesn't just go through the bilayer, through the oh, phospholipid bilayer. So- Oh, it doesn't go through that. It doesn't go through that. It goes through like a special carrier protein or oh, protein okay. channel. Yeah. Because it can't go through the bilayer because it's water soluble. So what happens next then is there's going to be hydrogen ions in the companion cell, H plus hydrogen ions. And they're going to be actively transported from the companion cell into the sieve tube element. So H plus ions are now going to move from the companion cell into the sieve tube elements Via the spaces in between, into the phloem tube, yeah, but the source, nearer the source. So that uses ATP, so we need lots and lots of energy for that. But the good thing then is it also takes with it, via co-transport, the sucrose, okay, or the amino acid. That is going to follow through with it, through carrier proteins, down a concentration gradient from the companion cell into the sieve tube element. So what have we got so far? We've got sucrose being moved from the source into the companion cell. Hydrogen then carrying that sucrose into the sieve tube element via co-transport through a special co-transport protein. What then happens to the water potential in the sieve tube element because you've moved all these hydrogen ions and sucrose in? What happens to the water potential? So the more solutes in there, less water in there. So the less water potential. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. So you've got a lower amount of water because you've got more solutes in there. So a less water potential. Yeah. Okay. So what then happens is you can see from the xylem, a blue arrow going into the sieve tube element. Water is going to move into the sieve tube element from high in the xylem. And then back out, yeah. At the bottom, yeah. From high in the xylem, low in the sieve tube element. Because it's following that. And what process is that? What process does water move by? Osmosis. Osmosis. Brilliant. What that now does is creates a high hydrostatic pressure. Do you remember that from our arterioles, arteries, veins, pressure in the blood vessels? And it forces out the liquid and the water, forces it into the tissue fluid. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit like that, but you can't force anything out of the flow on because of the cell walls. So you're going to have a high hydrostatic pressure at the top of the flow on at the source. The absolute opposite is going to be true of the, where the sink is. It's going to be a lower hydrostatic pressure down there because the sugars, the sucrose, is being constantly removed and used up. So that means that you're actually going to have quite a high water potential because you haven't got as many stuff dissolved in it, which means that water will move out into the xylem from a high water potential to a low water potential. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have the opposite at the sink. And as we know, things love to move from high to low gradients, don't they? So what will happen now is that the solutes, the sugar in the top at the source, should move from a high pressure to, to a low pressure at the bottom and be used up in the sink so the higher the pressure gradient, the bigger the difference, the, the higher the rate of the translocation or the movement of solute from source to sink. I just want to go through some, you know, because I said it was a theory, best supported. So we're going to talk about what the evidence is that supports it and what the evidence that doesn't. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff is just straightforward, almost straight out of a textbook sort of stuff that, you know, I can't really add to this. 
because this is what the evidence is and mm-hmm. what's against it. Okay. So the sort of evidence that we've got that supports it is the fact that companion cells have an awful lot of mitochondria, more than you would normally see in a cell. Why is, is that? Giving it away. What do mitochondria make? Energy? Yeah, loads and loads of ATP molecules or release lots and lots of energy. And that would be used for those that active transport of the hydrogen ions into the sieve tube at the start. So that kind of supports that idea that, that why that would be needed. Other bits of evidence are things like the concentration of sucrose is always, always higher at the source than the sink. And when you get an increase of sucrose levels in the source... A little while later, you always get an increase of sucrose then in the tube and then in the sink being used up. So that kind of like just over the time that you would expect for it to have been moved, you see those levels. So you see a little increase there. Oh, and then it moves into there. Oh, and then it moves into there. So you can kind of see and kind of get the idea. If you use a respiratory inhibitor, so something that stops the production of energy or stops the release of energy in the mitochondria, there's no movement in the flow on. So that would suggest in some way that respiration is involved, which we've already said is linked to the hydrogen ions at the start. The other thing is if you cut the stem of a plant and you do it in just the right place and in the right way, sap comes out at quite a high pressure, which is supposed to be like the sugary solutes. And that would suggest that there is pressure within the flow on because as soon as you release that pressure cut the thing it yeah comes out and it comes out quicker nearer the source where the higher pressure is rather than down at the bottom where it's not yeah. as much pressure so that's everything that supports it there's a couple of things that are sort of questions about well why that then and one of the things that that is always been a question is the sieve plate because if you actually analyze flow on and you look at it under a microscope It's just like a flat plate with holes in. That's what it looks like. And why is that? Because surely that then stops the flow, slows the flow down. Unlike in the xylem where there's nothing there, it's just a hollow tube. Why is it necessary to have this almost, I don't know. Trying to move down. Yeah, you're trying to move stuff down and then it's got to like go through a tiny hole. Isn't that so like the cell that's there to the right can get what it needs before it moves down? Might be just to I'm slow it down. The <laughs> it might be just so that something can be taken at each step, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Another thing is that different solutes move at different speeds. So if this was the same process for everything, surely they'd all move at the same speed, whereas different things move at different speeds. And then sucrose moves to all regions at the same rate, which is strange because. If it was moving to a leaf further up or if it was moving somewhere else, you would think that it would move quicker, but it doesn't. It moves at the same rate. Okay. There are different experiments that were done to investigate this. One of them is called ringing. And if you take probably like a bigger plant, it would need to be more like a tree, really. And you ring it by cutting the stem, cutting the bark and cutting away the area where the phloem and the xylem are on the on the sort of outer ring so you remove the outer ring of the bark and the stem what happens is the sugars can't move past the gap it starts to bulge at the top you would see the stem at the top a big gap and then the stem at the bottom 
and then a massive bulge would start to form where the sugars are kind of collecting where it then can't pass the gap and it can't just drop into the flour beneath. They think that that bulge contains all of the sugars and it just can't get past that gap because you've taken away the pressure gradient. So that kind of suggests the same thing. And then the other thing was the use of traces. So if you used an isotope of carbon, and usually they use carbon-14, normal carbon is carbon-12. If you use an isotope, which is carbon-14, it's still carbon, but it's slightly radioactive tracer. If you use that so that the plant is exposed to an environment that contains carbon dioxide with this carbon isotope in, it's going to end up in the sugar. Does that make sense? So the carbon from the carbon dioxide ends up being the carbon in the sugar. So when it makes glucose, glucose is C6H12O6. So the carbon from carbon dioxide becomes the carbon in the glucose. So it can then be traced using what they call autoradiography. So they trace the sugars. You can trace it through the plant. So if it's made in this particular leaf, then suddenly the radioactive carbon then ends up in the phloem a short time later and then ends up at the sink a short time later. Mm-hmm. That supports that theory. But again, it doesn't explain why we've got a sieve plate. It doesn't explain why things move at different speeds. So should we have a look at some questions mm-hmm. just to see if you can talk it through? In terms of questions, there's just not as many as there was. Remember last week I said so many on yeah, transpiration, yeah. xylem, that sort of thing. There really isn't that many to do with this. And a lot of them are very difficult, based around practical work and investigations into it, which there is one question on that. Just like I did last week, I'm going to start with a five marker. So, five marks. Describe the process involved in the transport of sugars in plant stems. The sugars are in the source. Right. And they move into the companion cell. Yep. Do I have to say what diffusion it is? Yeah, I'd always try in much detail. Yeah. Um, facilitated diffusion. Facilitated diffusion into the companion cell. And they go into the phloem. How? Through the sieve tube elements. So they go into the sieve tube element, which is the phloem. Yeah. Individual phloem cells. What process moves them in? Co-transport. Co-transport, following the active transport of hydrogen. Right, then, so, next. And then they move down the flow on to the sink. So, what happens to the water potential? The water potential is l- lowered low at the top. And yeah, so water... Higher at the bottom near the sink. Because it's lower at the top, what happens to, with water? It moves along the gradient. Via what process? Osmosis. Osmosis. So it goes from the xylem, where it is high, water potential, into, into the... Into the phloem. Phloem, which... Phloem. Phloem. Phloem, which is lower water potential. Yeah. Okay, so that's another mark. What does that do to the pressure? So we've got more water... Hydrostatic. What kind of... Yeah, so we've got a high hydrostatic pressure. Yeah. Okay. What then happens? It goes into the sink. It moves down to the sink. Pressure gradient, high to low, into the sink. So mass flow transport towards the sink or the roots or the storage tissue. And then what happens at the sink with those sugars? They get used up quickly. They get used up quickly, yeah. So they get removed, unloaded, used in respiration or stored. Shall I just go through that mark scheme just to make sure one last time? So the first marking point, sucrose is actively transported 
into the phloem or into the sieve tube elements by companion cells. So we mentioned companion cells, we mentioned the transport in. That lowers the water potential in the phloem or the sieve tube elements or sieve element tubes. Water enters by osmosis. That's another marking point. Next one produces a high hydrostatic pressure. Next one, mass flow or transport of the solutes towards the sink, roots or storage or tissue. Last marking point, at the sink or the roots, the sugars are removed, unloaded, used in respiration or stored. There's only one more question. It's a four marker and it involves using the second resource, the exam question resource, which can be found at teachmescience.co.uk. As there's some diagrams, there's some text and there's some data. Do you want to read through the text? Okay. Under the correct conditions, new roots grow from the cut end of a plant stem. A scientist investigated the effect of substance X on the growth of new roots. She used a ringing experiment to investigate the movement of the substance X in stems taken from lemon plants. She cut out a length of stem from each plant. She then put a small block of agar on top of each length of stem. Some agar blocks contained substance X. The diagram below shows how she treated each length of stem. Okay, so you've got D, E, F and G are the different stems in the diagram. Mm -hmm. D says no substance X in agar. Okay, so you've got a middle section of the the stem is is intact. So the stem's completely intact and the, the block of agar on top doesn't contain any of the substance X. So that is a control used to compare because it's completely normal. E, F and G all have agar with substance X in. E has been kept intact. F has been ringed. Mm-hmm. So all the phloem has been removed. Yeah. G, middle the middle is in... Middle of the stem intact and cooled to four degrees. Right. So they've cooled the middle of the stem. Instead of ringing it, they've cooled it down to four degrees. Okay. So you've then got the data to suggest okay. what that might have happened. She so. Grew- she grew the lengths of stem in the same environmental conditions for six weeks and then found the number of roots per length of stem. Roots grew at the other end of the stem from where the agar blocks were placed. The table below shows the scientists' results. Yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. A Little Bit de Todo is a podcast about a little bit of everything for curious minds of all ages. I'm Christina, and you can tune in every weekday to learn about things like Cinco de Mayo, Chihuahuas, and volcanoes in Latin America. Episodes are bite-sized, 10 minutes long or less, and always Latin American related. Subscribe and follow A Little Bit de Todo podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. So you can see the data if you're looking at the resource. D, 5, number of roots, E, 11, F, 4. G3. E had the most number of roots. Yes. And G had the least number of roots with F as well. Okay? So four and three each. So the question, there was a couple of questions related to this. And I picked out one, a four marker. Okay. The mass flow hypothesis is used to explain this movement of substances through flow on. Evaluate whether the information from this investigation supports this hypothesis for four marks. So what does evaluate mean? Look at everything and make a choice. Yeah, but not just look at everything. Give evidence in support and give some evidence against. What can you see from the 
diagram, the, the data related to each one, that would suggest that the math hypothesis is right? F and G are low. So F and G are low. Right. Why F then? What's happened with F? Because the flow has been removed so it can't do anything. So the flow has been removed so the X can't get to, technically shouldn't be able to get to the bottom. The but it did. Some did, but it was the least amount. Yeah. Okay, well, one of the least amounts. So F shows a phloem is definitely involved, perhaps, but it might have another way. You never know, because yeah. it did still grow some roots. Yeah. Yeah. F shows phloem is involved. Can you think about why the cooling might have affected it? Different temperatures affect the planet. If there was active transport taking place and energy being released, what do you think that does to the temperature? Warm. It warms it. If you deliberately make it four degrees cool... It can't do it as much? It can't do it as much. So G suggests that there might be some respiration involved and you've prevented it from happening by making it cooler. Yeah. So that's a couple of marks. And then the other two marks in support are... What's the source? Agar. Agar. And that's got the substance in it that then is moving into the flow or oh, moving right. into oh, the... Yeah. Moving down to the bottom. So the agar block is acting as a source. And what's the sink? What's growing because of X? The roots. The roots, yeah. So they were the other two marks for in support. So we've got F shows phloems involved. G shows respiration or active transport must be involved for another mark. A third mark because the cooling reduces or stops the flow of the movement. Got the least amount of roots. Agar is the source, roots of the sink is another two marks. Yeah. Is there anything against that you can see that, or anything from what's been said that maybe you think, well, that's not quite right, that doesn't quite stick to the, what we've just been through as the hypothesis? Like, what did I say normally happens when you ring a stem? It bulges. And can you see any bulges on F? No. Yeah, so that's one of the against ones. There's no bulge above the ringing in F. I was thinking it was something to do with D. D? Go on then, what about it? I would have thought that there would have been more roots growing. Even though there was no substance in it, I would have thought it might have been higher. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then if substance X is the thing that's supposed to be growing the roots yeah. and it doesn't have any, it's going to be quite low. Yeah. But that's a good comparison. So you can see if it hasn't got X, it still manages five roots. So... We're comparing to that, really. Yeah. So that acts as a control more. Mm -hmm. So if there's no substance X, it still manages five. So we can see E, definitely much higher. Yeah. And then definite reduction when you mess about with it, like F and G. Yeah. So let's have a little look then. So I think one really good point is, and this is really interesting, where's the water coming from? So it says there's no osmosis, pressure or water movement. To keep it going. Yeah. Movement could be due to gravity, so it could just be diffusing through the plant, you know, in some yeah. way, just via gravity. What you said earlier, and this was a really good point, it still manages to grow roots even though there's no phloem. So F, there's no yeah. phloem there, and yet it's still managing to grow roots. So somehow X is getting to the bottom, and there's no leaves or photosynthesis to act as a source. So that doesn't really fit. It's yeah. not the same. This is a really high-level question. It, it's a very difficult question. You've got to sit and really think about what you're doing. Being able to discuss it really brings forward your understanding of translocation. 
So, shall I do the roundup? Sugar, in the form of sucrose and amino acids, are transported through a plant via a vessel called phloem. Unlike xylem, phloem is made up of living cells called sieve tube elements and companion cells. The sieve tube elements are the cells that form the transport vessel and are separated by sieve plates. The companion cells seem to carry out functions for the sieve tube elements as they contain the nucleus and organelles. The movement of sugars and amino acids is called translocation. This process requires energy from respiration and moves the solutes from where they are made, called the source, such as leaves, where the concentration is high, to where it is used, which is called the sink, such as roots and storage organs, where the concentration is kept low as the solutes are used up regularly. The mass flow hypothesis is the best supported theory for how the solutes are moved. Glucose converted to sucrose is produced in the chloroplasts and it is moved into the companion cells via facilitated diffusion. Hydrogen ions are actively transported from the companion cells into the spaces in between the cell walls and then diffuses down a concentration gradient through carrier proteins into the sieve tube elements, co-transporting sucrose with it. This lowers the water potential in the sieve tube elements, so water enters from the xylem via osmosis, and this creates a high hydrostatic pressure at the source. Sucrose is being removed at the sink as it is converted to starch or used in respiration. This increases the water potential in the sieve tube elements, and water moves out via osmosis into the xylem. This lowers the hydrostatic pressure at the sink, this pressure gradient from source to sink moves the solutes from the source to the sink. The evidence supporting and against this theory has been discussed in the episodes, but the main ones supporting are ringing experiments and the use of carbon isotopes as tracers. Any takeaways? Folem. Folem. Flow on, moves what? My takeaway what? is the folem. It is a companion to the xylem. podcast which is about 13 episodes altogether, different interviews with different scientists, different important people in the world, really does give some good context to your work, to the work that you're doing, particularly with biodiversity, photosynthesis, and I can't remember the others, but yeah, there's some good little interviews there. And that is it for year one of A-Level Biology. Okay. So, okay, obviously we haven't done any of the maths videos. We haven't done any of the practical videos. We will come to that eventually. But, you know, important to note that if you're only doing AS Biology and you're sitting the exams for AS Biology, you need not learn anymore. This is it, okay? (laughs) Obviously, if you do decide to move on to A2, we're there for you. Mm -hmm. We have A2 Biology or the Year 2 Biology coming up next. So just remember that. Also, if we've missed anything, 
if there's something on your specification, now remember we're doing AQA, if there is anything on your specification that has been missed out because it's not on AQA, let us know. We will do an episode for you if it is necessary, okay? Or if it's something that we can make an episode out of, definitely. Or mm-hmm. if it's something we could maybe go back and add into a previous episode. Like a yeah. A yeah, just something yeah. for different specs. Just let us know, okay? Other than that, we are coming back with the most requested and most wanted and most so many questions about this respiration is coming up next week and it's going to take about four or five episodes so it's going to take the whole of the summer holiday (laughs) to cover it but it will be covered hopefully that will make some people happy that have asked for that repeatedly that is not the normal way round. normally you do photosynthesis first then respiration but we've been requested to do respiration so we're doing it that way if you'd like to contact us you can go to our website, that's teachmescience.co.uk. We've also got an email, you can drop us an email at teachmebiologycast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at, at teachmebiocast, Instagram at, at teachmebiologycast. I hope they're all right, if they're not. If it's not right, just go into the description because it's in there. It's some. It's always going to be some permutation of teach me Biology cast or teach me biocast. Yeah. It will always be that. So get in touch if you want to say hello, if you want to tell us who you are, where you're listening from, why you're listening. So what course are you doing? How did you find us? Because that always interests me. Like, where did people find us? Yeah. Was it through shared stuff on Twitter or Instagram? Was it through a classmate? Did, Google it? did it come up Help on me. wherever you listen to your podcast? Does it come up as a suggestion? Did you search biology podcasts and we came up? What is it that you used? Was that the bell? Yeah, that was the bell. Okay, great. Did you like your new mug? Uh, Yes, I do like my new mug. Yeah, bought bought Sarah a new mug. I smashed my first mug. So we got the new artwork, so we we bought ourselves some new presents. One year anniversary present for Sarah, her new mug. I do like it, yeah. I've used it a couple of times. Good. I'm obviously using my BFG mug today. Are you feeling proud of yourself that you've learnt the whole of AS Biology? Um, do you remember you thought, nah, it ain't going to happen? I thought I would get like 10 episodes in and be like, look, I can't do it. This is too difficult. But I mean, we haven't got to that point yet. <laughs> I am super proud of you, Sarah. You took on oh, every no, like, single topic and were, ran with it. And, yeah. you know, I know we if haven't you, really got into the really difficult AS, like A2 stuff yet, but. If you ask me questions from like 40 episodes ago, I'll be staring blankly at you. <laughs> no, but if I reminded you of a few things, you'd yeah. still be able to discuss it with me. And you do, every now and again, come up with some amazing <laughs> like stuff, which I'm just like, okay, you remembered that. <laughs> well done. So just a little cheeky one from us. Now that we have a whole year's worth of content available for people to use we were just gonna start to think about maybe asking for little donations to us Mm -hmm. for that so we've set up a buy me a coffee account we've actually got buy me a tea being (laughs) british and all Um, and all it is is absolutely no obligation the podcast will always be available to everybody for free there is absolutely no obligation to do this but 
if you felt like you were thankful to us for what we have provided then you might want to donate a little bit of money to us towards just the upkeep of the podcast because we are an independent podcast we know we're not associated with any network we don't have any kind of support of, yes. of any kind you know in fact we, we don't make any money from money this, this podcast, yeah we spend so. we spend all our money on fees <laughs> and things like that so we don't actually make any money from this we're just doing it for the love of the podcast so if yeah. if you wanted to donate towards us it would go towards anything to do with the podcast to be honest it would just go back into that so it's completely up to you if you feel you want to do that and we will be immensely grateful if you did. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sarah. A shout out well. Absolutely a shout out. <laughs> um, I think it's set at um, three pounds. Three pounds for a tea, and if you wanted to give us more than one tea, that would be lovely. Yes. But as I said, absolutely no obligation mm-hmm. to do so. So one year to us. Here is to another year. <laughs> Long may this continue. Yeah. For another year, because that's probably all the material we have. Yeah. <laughs> okay, my name is Sarah Matthews. And I am Rhea Corbett. This has been Teach Me Biology, and we'll see you next time. I'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.